0: The market's on pace to accomplish something it hasn't done in the last two years, plus a deeper dive in some of the recent happenings going on in the markets and why Gen X might just be in trouble come retirement. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to this week's market moment. I'm Lee Mackey alongside Eli Freeman. Mm-hmm. Mr. Freeman. How goes it? You know we're we're
1: almost done with
0: our kitchen renovation. Yeah, I've been
1: updating the listeners. It seems like each week, and we're on the we're on the back side of it. So all the cabinets have been replaced, countertops in, new sink. feels like a feels like
0: a new home. So does, does, have you watched the movie Money Pit? Have you ever watched that? It's an old. It's a movie, movie much older I don't than think you are. I have. Tom Hanks, I think Shelley Long. They buy a house and it's a fixer upper. Uh-huh. And everything goes wrong with their remodeling, and it.
1: Well, anyway. that but, that seems about right. Yeah, from from what we've we've experienced since purchasing our house, just about everything has needed to yeah. be updated. Or Are you fixed. still
0: eating a lot of takeout? And
1: oh yeah, our our restaurant bill has been <laughs> <laughs> off the charts this this month.
0: Well, I'm sure it'll be nice. Yeah. It'll give you a greater appreciation. It will. I'm sure you'll be cooking a lot of meals uh, in will. the new kitchen. Well, anything going on this weekend? This weekend? No. no. Nothing, nothing going no? on
1: this weekend. We're hosting a new—there's a new couple moving to our, to our church, so we're hosting them at our house.
0: Well, I tell you what, we are in the dog days of summer. If you're mm-hmm. listening to us here in Arkansas or—you know, it really is almost anywhere in the country, it seems like. It is hot. It is. I, I typically—I've been running
1: at, like, f- 5 in the morning and in the beginning— I haven't been, <laughs> just so we're— in the beginning of summer it was in the 60s so you would run and it actually would be kind of cool you knew it was going to be hot in the middle of the day but it was cool when Mm -hmm. you were running now it's in the 80s i mean it's 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 just dripping by the time that you're done running i saw
0: something that i think i think the next two or three days are supposed to be the hottest of the of the year and i think i think the lows were like 81 Mm -hmm. you know it's one of those where you wake up at three in the morning you hear your air just yeah it's on 24 7 now but um yeah it's hot dog days of summer, kids. Go back to school. I think in two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow, yeah. most schools are are open. Teachers
1: and I are met reporting with reporting next week. Met with a teacher yesterday. She's she's excited, but
0: you can hear it. It's like yeah, I'm excited, kind of. Yeah. To go. A- back. August is that month where they know that their summer vacations are over. <laughs> but anyway, hey, with August comes. Um, I, I, I saw something a little bit earlier that this month college football begins. So. We are... I know you're excited I'm, about that. I am excited for football to begin because then that'll yeah, usher in cooler weather. Yeah, we can say cooler goodbye, weather. goodbye to these weekends. Yes, here, <laughs> here it. in about four weeks. Um, <laughs> football um, is on the uh, top of mind, that's for sure. Well, glad, glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Matt is out this week. Um, we had a little shifting around of schedules, mm-hmm. but uh, Matt will join us um, next week on the Market Moment. If you look over my shoulder, you see our new logo. Hope everyone... Um, likes what we've done. Our marketing team has put together a, a good brand yeah. for the market moment. So we, if you, if you go
1: to our YouTube channel, so if you're listening on the podcast, go to our YouTube channel and, and look at the logo that we have on the screen. And then if you like it, maybe like the video yeah. and subscribe.
0: That's right. Uh, we're, 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 pushing that a little bit more. Got our new brand here. Uh-huh. You know, I think we're going to be ordering some coffee mugs, some, some swag, um so it's it's beginning to take shape we're si- excited about it yeah if you're if you're interested in
1: coffee mugs or hats or we probably won't pay for you to have them but if you like the logo you, <laughs> we will we will you charge can, you for you, one. Can, you can purchase <laughs> yeah. one with the absolutely. order
0: absolutely well we we like to have fun on the on the podcast but um i know most of you that are listening don't come for our corny jokes and to hear what we did for the week the past weekend but um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the markets. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of that period now where, you know, kind of like sports, there's, there's not a lot going on. We are knee deep in earnings season. Yep. Um, I think that after, at the end of this week, um, almost every company will have reported. We still have some big companies to report this week. I think mm-hmm. Apple is the biggest one this week. Um, that I saw, but not much changed last week with the major indices, but they're continuing to do well mm-hmm. for the month of July. I mean, we we had a pretty robust first seven months of the yeah. year.
1: And we're starting, we're starting to see a very robust market. If you go back to podcast, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, we were talking about how the market has been really narrow. So seven stocks making up 90% of the gains in the market that has started to change. So now you're starting to see small caps yeah. perform. You're starting to see value even continue to perform and value outperformed last year. So it just makes sense that it lagged behind growth for a little while. You know, let
0: me, to, to echo yeah. your, your point and let me put some numbers to it. Um, year to date. So these are year to date numbers ending at the um, at the end of July. The NASDAQ is by far and away leading the pack Uh, year-to-date. It is up over 37%. Mm -hmm. Um, The S&P 500 is at 20.5, so 21% Mm year-to-date earnings. And then foreign stocks are up almost 16. Emerging markets are up 11. The Russell 2000, um, keeping to your point on small caps, is Mm -hmm. up 13.5. And And bringing up the rear is the Dow Jones. So... (laughs) but it's at 8% and yeah. what what is to, to your point about this broadening market rally um the nasdaq has kind of been stuck in that 33 to 37% range for a while mm-hmm. the 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 dow and the s&p 500 are kind of beginning to get some legs which means that more than just those seven stocks are are accounting for a lot of the growth and it's starting to spread out amongst you know large cap value small yes. cap mid cap so, you know, and there's some people that kind of think that that might be a sign that um, we are shifting a little bit. We're rotating to that defensive nature that we've been talking about with our clients, that maybe growth has kind of hit that ceiling for a while. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think on that? I mean, <laughs>
1: to say growth has hit a ceiling it is to say – my question to that is, over what time frame? Because if you're, if you're meaning growth has hit its ceiling for this week, maybe. But no, I don't believe growth has hit its ceiling.
0: And I think what I was meaning by that is, in, in this current run, I mean, growth stocks have fared very well yeah. in the last six, seven months. Yeah. Um, and and I, guess, I guess my point is, I think they're starting to feel some pressure. You know, And I think that now some people might be looking at it like, hey, let me take some gains. You know, on some of my growth your stocks, we're preaching to our clients defensive nature, mm-hmm. consumer staples. If we're kind of getting ready to go into a slowing economy, recessionary period, yeah. you know, let me buy some you know, some good old blue chips that pay good dividends in red of, instead of some of the more high-flying growth names. That was kind of what I meant by I, that. I,
1: I could see that. But on, on the flip side, I'm pulling up a chart here. You, you listed year-to-date numbers of S&P. NASDAQ, Dow Jones, mm-hmm. Russell, and some some extra there. If you back that up and just go from January 22, so not from January 23, and you you run that, S and P 500 is down two percent. Yeah. Nasdaq is down almost five. Mm-hmm. Dow Jones down one, and Russell down four.
0: Yeah. So much more in line with
1: yeah. so each you, other. You you start saying well growth is way out of whack
0: as compared to value, and it's like well growth is actually still well, and the Nasdaq is still down, probably what from its all-time highs, you know, double digits. Yeah. I know I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know they 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 went down a whole lot last year, and now they're 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 having a good start to mm-hmm. twenty three. So let let me do this. Um, the S and P five hundred is on pace for a fifth positive month in a row, um, first time that's happened. Um, I'm sorry, the first time since a seventh month streak in August of twenty twenty one. So going back to the early part of of COVID. Last week, the Dow saw its longest streak of gains going back to 1987. I think it was 13 days in a row of some positive gain. The 14th day would have put it back all the way to like the 1800s. We didn't get it. Um, But again, fun to watch. It it was kind of fun to watch. Um, This, despite the Fed hiking rates, another quarter point, um, bringing the benchmark to its highest level since 2021 investors might be seeing hope for a soft landing as inflation continues to dwindle while economic data shows a strong labor market to that point we were talking before um, before our podcast began to these numbers the fed funds target rate is now at five and a half percent its highest level in quite some time Mm -hmm. the inflation is sitting at 4.8 much lower than it has been but Mm -hmm. still well above the feds target rate of two percent Unemployment, this is what we were talking about um, earlier, Eli. Unemployment rate, 3.6. And so yeah. t- to me, the Fed would like for it to be in the 5 to 6% range. If we're at the end of this rate tightening cycle, I just don't think we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I think that is what is giving people a lot of hope that there is going to be a soft landing, whether we have a recession or not, the fact that unemployment rate is still very, very good yeah. is going to keep us from really having a hard, hard landing. It's going to be really hard for the economy
1: to slow down at a—I guess drastic might be the right word—for yeah. the economy to slow down significantly enough for the Federal Reserve to say, yeah, we're completely done raising, raising the rates.
0: Do you think— do you think
1: And that's that's opposite of what I said maybe yeah. 2 or 3 months ago.
0: You know, do do you think there's a time or do you think there's a situation to where the Fed might just say you know what, we're done or or do you or do you think they could really push this thing? I mean, let's just say that inflation stubbornly stays in that 4% range could you see the fed saying you know what we need another 25 50 75 basis points i mean i don't think there's any
1: any reason not to think that because all jerome palace said in all of his meetings and he's been very clear is i will not give forward guidance we'll look at what the market is telling us and we will adjust accordingly so we probably won't see any more of the 75 basis point hikes like what we saw. No, no, I just I, meant total. Do you think yeah. we could see another two, three, four I think it's quarter bank- possible. I really don't think we should, but I think it's possible. If, if inflation stays persistent, unemployment stays low, the economy still trucks along like it has right now. But- I really don't think
0: that's I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I guess I guess another way of looking at it is do you think that there could ever be a situation where there's a new normal? Oh, rather like ra- a higher interest rate normal? Or rather than no, well, rather than 2% being their optimum inflation target, what if it becomes 3?
1: Yeah, and we've we've talked we, about this on the podcast. Yeah. The 108 year average on inflation is 3.24 or 3.28%. So where did they come up with this 2% target? A lot of people th- I mean, it was arbitrary. Yeah. So it, I don't think there's any reason that the Federal Reserve wouldn't raise it to 3% except for their own uh, dignity. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's they they've tried everything. You know, they've they've done 25, they've done 50, they've done 75. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone longer than people thought they would. They've gone higher than people thought they would. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that they've gone higher than they people think they should. Mm -hmm. So it'll just, for the listener, what
1: this means is now we're starting to get into an, an area where you really have to start looking at, do I take distributions versus taking out debt? Because when interest rates, when you could take 2% debt, well, it made a lot of sense to leave your money invested.
0: Well, now, you, you, we were talking about you
1: have a HELOC. That
0: yeah, a HELOC, and I, I, you know it, the, the pricing is some small amount above prime. Mm-hmm. But I got what, a notice in the what, mail. Yeah, I got a notice in the mail yesterday, the day before, and it was ten percent. Yeah, I mean double 10 digits. Per, yes, I mean that's, <laughs> and so the cost of borrowing is high. Now I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see mortgage rates. Continue to ease down. I mm-hmm. think so. Now that does not mean why. Because I, I, I think the ten year, I think the ten year comes down, and I think mortgage rates are more tied to the ten year, which is more supply and demand. Okay, what causes the ten year to go down? So more people are demanding, more people are buying. People are still buying our paper. The short term. Yes, and so I think that. Our ten-year rate, and we've seen it—the ten-year has come down from when it was in the mid-fours, mm-hmm. which is what rates are tied to—mortgage rates for mm-hmm. the most part, but not not credit card debt, not home equity lines, not bank loans. I mean, I was talking to um, a, a client last week who's a who's a physician, but he's a bis- you know—he owns a lot of investment properties. Mm-hmm. He's done. I mean, he's like, I've put all projects on hold. Well. You start multiplying that by, you know, tens and thousands and hundreds, and that's how you get a slowing economy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what. What are your thoughts on, on that? We we it seems like we talk about the Fed week <laughs> in and week out, but it's unfortunately a story that just doesn't want to go away. Well, and it's also a story that
1: everything that we say, and I think our listeners know this too, we can make educated guesses as much as we want, but. That could change tomorrow. Sure, I mean mortgage rates could be at four percent in six months. I mean it's it yeah. possible. Yeah, likely not really, but
0: you know one of the things we touched on earlier, Eli, and we we talked about it a little bit before we came on the air. You know we've talked about the the major indices, but you've done some research on some of the sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, on sector returns year to date, what what have you found that our listeners might find interesting? On that standpoint. One thing that's
1: really interesting, year to date, almost every sector has is up. Not There's some much more significantly than others. You go back to market lows, every sector is up, which that speaks to some of the breadth that we're talking about in the market where more, more companies are doing better and better, which is very different than what you would have expected going into 2023. But you look at um, what do we have? consumer discretionary up 20%. industrials up 17%. technology up 24%. and in, 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 in what's the time period? that's from jane that's year to date. so from
0: january till today. okay. i
1: mean some really strong returns. you know and in, you have
0: i was just say you know you take information t- technology it mm-hmm. 46 and a half consumer or communication services 46. you know they've they've been Pretty strong. The top three S P and P. These are the S and P equity sectors. I uh, guess. Okay. We're, yeah, we're we're comparing different funds. Correct. What,
1: what I'm looking at is an equal weight Got portfolio it. Got it. of these, which <laughs> then again goes to our conversation. Yeah, there's a few weeks ago. You can ago. view something completely differently yeah.
0: depending on if it's equal weight or weighted, and so you know, it, one thing is clear that our numbers will probably all jive on the areas that have kind of lagged pretty significantly this year as you might expect mm-hmm. utilities energy healthcare, yep all defensive names you mm-hmm. know they we think will probably benefit if we kind of go into a recessionary period mm-hmm. they will catch up strong dividends strong balance sheets yeah but who wants to who wants to <laughs> buy a utility when they could buy nvidia you know this this first part of the year so this, this sector rotation and the, and the fact that all sectors are beginning mm-hmm. to rise. Encouraging.
1: It is encouraging. One, one thing that we had talked about, if you go back, maybe this was, it would have been around November, because mm-hmm. that was when the midterm elections happened. <laughs> we had just, we talked about how, on average, the market rises 16% after a midterm election. So, one year after the midterm election. Okay. So, I went back and looked at the S&P 500 just since the midterm election. Yeah. We're up. Are you going to tell me 16%? No, but we're pretty (laughs) close. We're up 19%. Okay. Since the midterm election. And when we said that, I remember clients being like, there's no way that that's possible. And now we're sitting here, not saying that it's going to last, who knows, but 19% up since midterm election. That's hard to argue with.
0: You know, this also goes to, to show that, you know, it just really doesn't matter who's in the White House. You know, I had I had a client in my mm-hmm. office this morning who was worried about what he is going or not going to do in the markets based on who's in the White House or who might be in the White yes. House. And when you look at these numbers, it just, it doesn't really matter. You know, the market goes up with Democrats mm-hmm. in the White House, and the markets go down with Democrats in the White House. Stay invested. Same with Republicans. Stay invested. Stay invested. Stay invested. Um, any more? information on the on, on the sectors no that was a lot it is i mean there's there's there is a lot to digest um you know fixed income even has begun to show positive signs it's it's in yeah. the green barely but even fixed income which we are beginning to like yeah. you know we're introducing fixed income into our portfolios for the first time in probably 10 15 years mm-hmm. um fixed income if you were allocated to them in 2022 you lost sure 10 years worth of gains and
1: yeah. in fixed income
0: you know and, and many people feel like you know some some people not many some people feel like that you know well if the equities are up fixed income's down or vice versa well last year was an example where mm-hmm. nothing worked most you know? of the time it's true yes but there's is. there's
1: always times when it doesn't we
0: we we like fixed income you know for a couple reasons now one you kind of get get to pay, be paid while you wait. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, some of our models have fixed them. You're earning four or 5% within your bonds. And then we feel like as rates go down, beginning probably sometime in 24, that will mean that the bond prices will go up. Yeah. Bond prices and yields act opposite. And from a planning perspective, fixed income, so we're talking bonds, CDs, um,
1: uh, treasuries, mm-hmm. as well as on the product side, you look at fixed indexed annuities or some some structured products, they're they're starting to be really attractive as well. So it's just, it's made our job, market's gone up and we have some options in the bonds and in some fixed indexed annuities.
0: It's been, frankly, a pretty fun year to to be invested. It it, it has been all the way around. Uh, Let's shift gears to Gen X. Of which I am a member, you are not. Um, a new report shows some troubling numbers for Gen X when it comes to retirement. And some of these are pretty worrisome. A report published by the National Institute on Retirement Security shows that Gen Xers, those born between 1965 and 1980, mm-hmm. of which about 64 million Americans um, are accounted, data shows that Gen X households only have $40,000. In retirement savings, (laughs) the median account balance Mm. for a Gen X individual is somewhere in the $10,000 range, meaning that half of those in this category, Gen X, have less than that amount even saved. One in four, 25%, according to this report, do not have a retirement savings account at all. And that's, that's startling because that's people that are in their... 40s and 50s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40s and 50s that are sitting, theoretically, 20 years away from retirement. Yeah. Do, you know, tw- let's say 15 to 20 years away from retirement, 25, mm-hmm. have not gotten anything saved for it all. A possible factor could be that 401ks were just really coming into um, their own when Gen X um, entered the workforce. Only about 5% of workers opened up a retirement savings account. If it is not provided for by their employer, Mm -hmm. Um, if a worker has access to an employer sponsored plan, participation jumps to around 72%. So that is some good news, but not all companies have, you know, qualified plans for their employers or employees to participate in. But it it still shows we have some work to do. You know, part of our job here is not just you know managing money for clients clients doing planning but it's education yeah it's things like this you know this podcast our youtube channels you know all of our modes of communications with you know clients and prospects it's education it's It's talking to them about things like that and getting people this is doing something
1: that's a travesty i mean it is horrible knowing that a majority of people have close to nothing saved and i mean there, I can't remember the exact statistic. It's like 80% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their bank account. You pair that with this, and financial planning is incredibly important. And, you
0: know, I, know, and I know you've been kind of yeah. on the forefront of trying to get pushing this to see if we can get it into schools it's and hard. so forth.
1: It's hard. I, I've been speaking with politicians and some local nonprofits in the state of Arkansas. They're mm-hmm. based out of Little Rock. About trying to get schools to teach financial literacy, mm-hmm. and that if anyone can help with this, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. But it's a non-funded mandate right now that hmm. schools have to teach financial literacy. Well, non-funded basically means schools don't do it, right? Right. <laughs> and so they're, they're
0: they're they're knee deep in other yeah, issues. They, they're worried
1: about other things, and so that's what that's what leads to this people are in their 40s, 50s have nothing saved because they mm-hmm. haven't been educated. They don't know how to do it. They don't set themselves up for success. You know,
0: I don't know the numbers and I'm sure they're out there. So maybe between now and our next podcast we can find this out. What what generation are you? <laughs> I'm a Gen Z. Okay. So I wonder what percent I wonder what these numbers look like for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Northwest Arkansas is not a a <clears throat> good representation of you know, America but i would be interested to see what percentage of z, gen z investors in you know people have in 401k's and iras yeah. i i bet it's a little higher if you were to look at as
1: compared to gen x at their age it would have to be higher i,
0: I think so because more companies are doing it now yeah. so you're so, auto enrolled now so i think maybe now you know the we're seeing it shift to something that's a little bit better for Mm -hmm. younger people, but obviously Gen, you know, Gen X, who's 15 to 20, 25 years Mm -hmm. out, you know, they've got some, some work to make up and it is hard. Yeah. You're not going to make up, you know, 20 or 30 years of retirement savings in in 10 years. Yeah. So anything else you want to add to that?
1: I quickly, quickly searching to answer your question. There was a study by BlackRock saying Gen Z's are saving 14% of their income. To me, that sounds... High? High. I, yeah. don't, I don't think... They may have been averaging asking only... S, like, asking only like the employees of BlackRock. <laughs> really, really good employees. Yeah. I <laughs> so, mean, if, if, if it's anywhere close to that... Then we're set... Yeah. We're doing a great job Yeah. if it's at 15%. Well, w-
0: education is needed. That mm-hmm. is one thing that we're trying to do here at Mach 1. Um, you know, whether it's in public schools, yes. whether it's in elementary schools, you know, just people that listen to this program. We want... To educate our clients, our prospects, those that are out there on just the importance of doing something. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we don't care what it is. Start somewhere, get a plan in place. If you take good steps, you'll end up in a good place. Absolutely. But if you just stand still, you're you're going backwards, as <laughs> they say. Well, that's not our thought of the day. Nope. But we always like to end with one. Um, is there anything else you want to add to our conversation today? No, but...
1: Seriously, if you're, if you're listening to this, go to our YouTube channel, look at our studio. And while you're there, it's really easy to click the like button. And that helps us out. Like, tremendously.
0: subscribe. You know, I feel like, are we YouTubers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. You know, my kids are probably you're, laughing you're at this. You're a YouTuber. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been accused of being a lot of things. That is not one of them. But, um. That's the most Gen Z thing you've ever said. Is it? <laughs> All right. Well well Eli and I have had a good time. We're gonna hear here in a few minutes, we're gonna vote whether or not we let Matt come back next week or or not. Mm-hmm. But um we don't want him to, to block this good looking logo that's behind us. But anyway, we do like to end our podcast with a thought of the day. Today's podcast or today's thought of the day comes from George Clayson, an American writer. Wealth like a tree grows from a tiny seed. The sooner you plant that seed, the sooner. The tree shall grow. I had not looked at that until right then, but that goes squarely with what we've been talking about, about starting, doing something when you're young, Mm -hmm. and um, good things will happen. So anyway, Eli, good to see you. Hope you have a great week. We hope everybody out there has a great week. We look forward to being with you all on next week's Market moment.
1: A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's value. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance
0: is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock one slash disclosures.